welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Remember the first time you heard Zig and how his words of wisdom had such a positive impact on your personal, family, and business life? Wouldn't it be awesome if every soldier, I'm talking airman, marine, sailor, and coastie serving our country, could have unlimited access to all of Zig's audio and video material anytime, anywhere? With your help, this dream is indeed possible. For less than $15, you and Zig will impact the lives of our military members and their families around the world by giving them complete access to the new online Ziegler Vault. The Ziegler Vault is the online library of all of Zig's greatest audio and video programs, including his most famous bestsellers, as well as his all-time classics. If Zig's message of hope and encouragement has made a positive difference in your life, now you can help change the lives of 15 American military members when you subscribe to the Ziegler Vault. To learn more about how you can encourage our military, please go to Ziegler.com or you can call me, Blake Lindsay. Here's my number, 972-383-3268. Please do it now. I'm excited to welcome you to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. I want to personally thank all y'all who have taken your time to call or email your feedback about these podcasts. Thank you for helping to make my day a better than good one. Incidentally, I share all your feedback with the rest of the Ziglar team. When you take time to share with me how much these podcasts are truly helping you out, Mr. Ziglar gets excited, I get excited, and we all do. As a matter of fact, today's message just happens to be about encouragement. Mr. Ziglar will explain the power we have when we look for the good and other people and we encourage them to do their best. I'm going to turn up my speakers right now, so crank those iPods up, turn your speakers up, and let's listen to Zig Ziglar. I'm a foodie, and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon. Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous. And I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled-in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Too many times we forget that we're measured far more than just by our intellect. For example, Mike Singletary played linebacker for the Chicago Bears. He was all pro. He was drafted as late as he was because his time in the 40-yard dash was not really that good. 
Not only that, but he is too short. What they could not measure, though, was just how badly he wanted to be the best at what he was doing. Nor did they know at that point that there was a shorter distance that for linebackers was even more important. And that's the way you got off of the ball. And so when he was playing linebacker there for the Chicago Bears, when uh, a running back would break through the line of scrimmage, the typical linebacker would cut him off about seven or eight yards down the field. Singletary started so fast that he caught him many times at the line of scrimmage. He held him to two-yard gains where the others were permitting five, six, seven, and eight-yard gains. They, they couldn't measure that. Emmett Smith, same story. You know, he's not real fast on the 40-yard dash. We see him run down from behind from time to time. But off the ball, that first accelerated moment there, he is really fast. That's the reason he can get through that hole and pick up that yardage time after time. Jerry Rice, same story. All three of these players were drafted later than they would have been because they were just timing the 40-yard dash. Now, what they had not determined at that point was an unusual characteristic Jerry Rice had. And that is when he was running stride by stride with the defender and he looked up and saw the ball in the air, he had another gear reserved especially for that occasion. And though they'd been running neck and neck, all of a sudden he put it in that other gear and he just pulled off and left the guy. Some things you just can't measure. This is what I really want to talk about to you. See, all three of these men had tremendous pride in what they did. Now, again, the Bible students occasionally say, well, pride is kind of a dirty word. Let me tell you something about words. They change meaning. For example, if I were to look at any one of you and say, why, well, you're silly, you'd be offended, Unless you knew that the word silly comes from the word selji, an old English word, which means blessed, happy, healthy, and prosperous. So if anybody ever calls you silly again, you ought to just grin and say, man, you don't know how right you are. You got it right on the button. Now, what's this got to do with pride? The Bible speaks of false pride or vanity. Pride is an honest evaluation of that which is good. Think with me as you listen to this tape. Could it possibly be wrong for me to say to my children, I am proud of the values which you have? Could it be wrong for me to say to my staff, I am so proud of the job that you do, the work that you are turning out? See, pride, I love the acrostic it forms. It is of personal responsibility in daily endeavors. Pride's important. First 15 years of my career, I was in direct sales. I've knocked on tens of thousands of doors in my lifetime. I don't ever remember getting excited about going out and knocking on doors. I did it because that's one of the things I had to do to make sales. After a period of time, I started putting on cooking demonstrations where the hostess would invite in several couples, you know, and we'd cook up the meal and make the sales. I finally got semi-smart and realized I couldn't do it all myself, ran an ad in Columbia, South Carolina for a lady to help me. A lady named Jerry Arrowwood responded. Now, to give you an idea of what her personality was like, she was baking cakes and taking in sewing to help support her three daughters. 
Does that tell you something about her? Very quiet, very shy, but also very neat. I told her what I wanted, and in essence, I wanted her to do the cooking, wash the dishes, clean the cookware, and clean the kitchen. I mean, a real top-level job. And uh, uh, we talked about it a little bit, and she said, oh, Zeke, she said, you know, I'd love to have that job. I said, I love to cook. Don't mind washing dishes. Don't even mind cleaning the kitchen. But as you can tell, I'm very shy. I got to get a promise from you that you will never call on me to participate in the actual demonstration itself. In other words, Zig, she said, uh, you do the talking, I'll do the working. Well, I could instantly tell that Jerry and I were going to get along real good. (laughs) I mean, no conflict of interest there. Well, we did for a couple of months. Then one night, my mouth overloaded my back. I made too many promises. I said, Jerry, you got to help me. What you want me to do? I want you to deliver these six sets of cookware I've sold and teach the husband and wife how to use it on their own stove. Now, virtually everybody who will ever listen to this is not going to be able to relate to my next statement. Sheer terror filled her eyes. She literally, physically started shaking instantly. I can't do it. I can't do it. You can't do what, Jerry? I can't deliver that cooker and teach those people how to use it on their stoves. I said, Jerry, every night for the last two months, that's what you've been doing to the host and host. Says, yeah, but you're always here, and if I foul up, I know you'll bail me out. Jerry, it's not that big a deal. I didn't even come close to making that sale. I mean, she just wasn't buying any of it. We had a 25 to 30-mile drive back home. It was very quiet. Then just as she started to get out of the car, she had been thinking about it, obviously, turned to me and she said, all right, I'll do it. I'm not going to sleep a wink tonight. I'll probably foul up the deal tomorrow. But you've stuck your neck out. You got the people's money. You told them it'd be delivered tomorrow. I don't want to hurt your reputation, so I'll do it. But I'm going to tell you something, Z. If you ever do this again, said it's going to be your neck, it ain't going to be mine. I'm not going to ever do this again. I mean, she got out of the car and I don't know if she slept that night or not. I know I didn't. (laughs) The next night, I got one of the most exciting telephone calls I have ever gotten in my life. Came in about 9 o'clock. It took me about 40 minutes to get that introvert off the telephone. I mean, she, word by word, step by step, blow by blow, gave me minute details and everything that took place. She said, when I got to the first family's egg, they had the coffee made and a dessert on, and we had a wonderful time. They told me how personable I was, what a great personality I had, how professional I was. Zig, she said, I had a wonderful time there. And three of the six couples had the coffee on and the dessert ready, and they all bragged on me. Zig, she said, I'm telling you, I had the time of my life. I'll do this any time you want me to do it. <laughs> Didn't happen that year or the next or the next or the next. But a little less than five years later, Jerry Arrowwood was the vice president in charge of sales training internationally for a multi-million dollar cosmetic company. You know what I believe? I believe with all of my heart there will be tens of thousands of Jerry Arrowwoods who will listen to this tape. And they will rationalize accurately so, if she can do it, I can do it too. Now I've got one major regret in this whole episode. And that is, I did not retain the name and address of the first couple that she delivered that set of cookware to. 
I'm here to tell you that she approached that first home with fear and trembling. I'm here to tell you that she was in a mad dash. She couldn't wait to get to the second one. It's amazing what a word of encouragement will do. Somebody once said that a lot of people have gone a lot further than they thought they could because somebody else thought they could. That first couple had a profound impact. They're unsung heroes. They really did something for Jerry Arrowwood. Have you ever noticed, normally speaking, that when somebody says, I'm going to tell you something for your own good, then they tell you something bad? (laughs) Did it ever occur to us that if we're going to tell somebody something good for their own good, that we ought to tell them something good for their own good. This is an old principle. Andrew Carnegie, 100 years ago, had 43 millionaires working for him. First great industrious our society produced. And a reporter, you know, 100 years ago, a millionaire was a rich dude. I mean, that sucker had money. And so a reporter got wind of it. who asked him, Mr. Carnegie, how on earth did you hire 43 millionaires? And Mr. Carnegie said, well, none of them were millionaires when I hired them. Then what did you do to develop them to the degree that they became so valuable to you, you could pay them so much money they became millionaires? And Carnegie taught us a great lesson when he said, you develop people in the same way you mine gold. When you go in a gold mine, you expect to move tons of dirt to get an ounce of gold. But you don't go in there looking for the dirt. You go in there looking for the gold. See, I happen to believe there's a gold mine inside of everybody that we deal with. I believe that people have got a great deal more inside of them than they realized. The Jerry Arrowwood story, you see, it took an awful lot of courage for her to take that first step. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's going ahead despite the fear. When she got that first round of applause, you know, Shakespeare said, uh, the applause of a single human being is of great consequence. When she got that, she liked it so much, she started doing other things. She became a student. She started learning. She became excited about growing in life. And when people are growing, then they are generally excited. When you're learning things, that's what creates the excitement. She was a very humble person Now, humility is one of the great qualities of leadership. Now, that doesn't mean that when a person is humble that they think less of themselves. It simply means they think of themselves less. Over a period of time, Jerry's confidence grew, but it never turned to arrogance. You see, when you get arrogant, that's when Buster Douglas knocks out Mike Tyson. And for the benefit of those of you who are not fight fans, that's when Mike was the unbeatable heavyweight champion of the world and Buster Douglas was a, uh, almost a nobody. They weren't even betting on it because he was such a prohibitive favorite. And that was the last fight Buster Douglas ever won right there. What Jerry Arrowwood did was she retained her humility, she built her confidence, she worked Very, very hard. She became that student, but she took what she had and developed it. That's one of the reasons I will say so many times to you, you need to listen to your tapes over and over. You see, they keep hope alive. When you hear these things going in your mind over and over, you're going to get a lift, and we're going to be talking about that more and uh, more as we go. Throughout this series of uh, recordings, I will say it, I bet you 50 times that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. 
Now, I'm certain that when Jerry Arrowwood got out of the car that night to deliver that cookware, she wasn't thinking, well, you know, Zig's been telling me I can have everything in life I want if I'll just help enough other people get what they want. And what I want to be is vice president in charge of sales training for that big old cosmetic company. And if I deliver these cookware sets, then I'll get to be the vice president in charge. Now, isn't that insane? She did it because it was the right thing to do. I was in a jam. She felt a loyalty to me and a concern for me as a friend and as her employer. It's a philosophy I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a tactic. Wow, this makes you really want to go out and encourage someone today, doesn't it? Well, let's go do exactly that. You will find what you look for. Go out today and look for the good in other people and in other situations. And I bet that that is what you'll see. If so, I know that'll make your day better than good. Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Sigler. Sigler. Inspiring true performance.